This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for your blessing in our lives. God, we're grateful for the future that we hold in you, that it's bright. And God, some of the, ver- the, the very best days of our lives are in front of us. Hallelujah. And we thank you for that, Father God. And so we ask you, Father, to use us, help us, Father God, to be salt and light in the world in which we live. Let us not be ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes it. And so we just thank you for your mercy, goodness, and boldness within the church, Father. We pray for boldness in our church. The men and women, Father God, would be stalwart and strong about the convictions that they have about Jesus. And we thank you, Father God, that with that will come kingdom results. Glory to God. And we just thank you for your blessing, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Luke chapter 18, verse 1, the Bible says that Jesus spake a parable unto them to this end or for this purpose, that men are always to pray and not to faint. He then went on to say that there was in the city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he wouldn't do it for a while, but then afterwards he said within himself, Even though I don't fear God, and I don't care about man, yet because this woman troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith, and shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry unto him night or day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. But nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth. Hallelujah. You know, there's a lot of things that are brought out within this scripture. Fundamentally, the parable's intent was so that people would, would pray and not give up, that people would pray and not faint and lose heart, that people would pray. How many of you know prayer changes things? You know, sometimes, I mean, in our prayer lives, we don't always, you know, um, get to where we need to go. Uh, we get weary in well-doing, or we don't think maybe it's happening the way it should or whatever. But I'm telling you what, prayer changes things. Hallelujah. And sometimes you, there has to be a persistence in your praying. When Paul was talking about the armor of God, the very last thing he said was, praying always with all manner of prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto, now listen, with all perseverance. Are you listening to me? So sometimes you just got to stay the course. And it isn't that God is deaf, all right? You read this parable and you think, well, you know, the woman just, you know, what you got to do when it comes to your relationship with God, you just, keep, you just keep hammering him until he finally gives up, you know? Well, <clears throat> you know, if you understand what it is here uh, where this woman was concerned is that she knew that she had a right. There was a certain right for her to be avenged. And this judge, who was unjust, said, forget you, I'm not going to do anything. Doesn't make any difference whether you're right or wrong. I'm out. And yet the Bible says, you know, that because of her importunity, which means shameless stand, she said, I'm not leaving till you do something. Now, the reason I'm going to bring this up to you is, is because 
there's a certain spirit about this woman that I like. And it is that she was tenacious. Everybody say tenacious. And you know, when it comes to the things of God and receiving the blessings of God or the promises of God, you know, there's times in our life where you have to show some tenacity where the will of God is concerned in your life. Otherwise, the devil will keep you out of the blessing of God. And that's a fact. And I think it's interesting, you know, again, in this situation where uh, Jesus, at the conclusion of it, he says, hear what the unjust judge said. And then he said, shall not God avenge his own elect, though he bear along with them? He goes on then to say, I tell you that he'll do it speedily. But then he asks the question, nevertheless, will the son, you know, when the Son of Man comes, is he going to find faith? Everybody say, he's going to find it in me. Is he going to find faith when he comes? In other words, praise God that we stand our ground, we stay the course, we follow him, we do what it is, we do his bidding, hallelujah, and, and, and we, we do the things that he's asked us to do in order to give glory to his name, amen, hallelujah, so that we don't give up, that we don't quit. So if you're in a tough spot, you know, and, and uh, dealing with certain situations within your lives. You know, the Bible, James said the same thing. As he said, any of you afflicted, what did, they what did he tell us to do? Let him pray. Huh? In other words, we, we, a lot of times you use affliction, you know, and we, by definition, think, you know, maybe it's some kind of illness or whatever. Really, it means to be tested, tried. Are any of you in trouble? Are you having trouble? Let him pray. You know, and a lot of times folks will say, well, I'm doing good. You know, I've been praying. God ain't showed up. He didn't do nothing. You know, I'm still in the same mess I was in. Well, as long as you have that attitude, nothing is going to show up. God isn't going to show up. But if you stand your ground and you put yourself in the place that you know that your God is faithful because he is, and that you stay in that place before him, you know, he is your advocate. He is your helper. He is the one who wants to put you over. But the devil will do everything he can to try to drive a wedge in down in between you and God so that you, don't, you no longer seek him. And he'll lie to you. This doesn't do any good. God, I mean, he doesn't, doesn't look like to me that he's listening, you know. I mean, whatever it is that he can try to get you off of this place of standing and to be tenacious about the things that, you know, there's certain things in our lives that God wants to bring about change in, but he needs our cooperation and he doesn't want us to faint or lose heart or give up. There's a place he wants to take us, you know, and on, the, on your journey to the will of God, there are just times where you have to say, God, I'm weary, but I'm not quitting. I'm going to continue to stand, praise God, and I believe that you will bring your word to pass in my life. How many of you know he'll do that? Glory to God. Some of you have been believing God, you know, for maybe family members or whatever. Don't ever give up. I'm telling you, you're standing in the gap between them and hell. And you just got to stay right there and say, you know what? This is my spot. And I'm not leaving until God moves supernaturally. And he will. I said he will. You know, our middle son, Greg, you know, we talked about him quite a bit. Because Brian was always so compliant. He, I mean, no problems. Greg, another story. You know, and so we had to stand in the gap, you know, because of all this stuff that was pulling on him. But today I'm telling you guys, that kid is tearing the world upside down. Amen. It's awesome. 
what it is that they're doing for the kingdom of heaven. And, and you know, I mean, in a lot of ways, it could have went either way, but we just decided, no, that's our child. Praise God. And the blessing of God is going to be on him just like us. And it is. Hallelujah. So don't ever give up. Don't ever quit. You know, just stay right in there. Amen. Let's look at another verse uh, over in uh, uh, Philippians. This is kind of a continuation of some things that I was talking about on Sunday. But I want to, I just think that we're living in the days where uh, people got to get themselves a backbone. Thanks for your excitement. I remember Aretha Hagen, you know, she never talked, she never spoke. All she did was support dad and take care of him, different things like that. But man, I tell you what, when she did, you better listen. And I remember uh, we had uh, Pastor Joel and Diana Zokowski with us for a couple of days, the early part of this week. And uh, he was talking about one time when he was in school, in Bible school, Aretha, you know, she stood up and she spoke. She said, most of you are not going to make it. (laughs) Isn't that encouraging? (laughs) You know, and she said, because you're too lazy and you don't want to pay the price to do what it takes in order to get where God wants you to go. Then I don't know what the rest of it was. That's the only thing he commented on. But, you know, there's a real truth to that. Are you listening to me? You know, there's, there's, there's times in your life where you just got to say, you know what? I don't care. I will not be denied. Amen. Hallelujah. Because, again, we have an adversary, the devil, who goes about to seek to devour those that don't believe God. And he said, resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing again that the same afflictions, the testing, the trying, or the trouble is accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Some people think, well, nobody's got it like I do. Nobody's got it as bad as I do. You know, the truth of the matter is, is I guarantee you there's somebody that's got it worse and probably a whole lot of worse. Are you listening to me? So what you can't do is you can't afford to allow yourself to get into this pity party thing and become the victim. And that is being preached. You know, the world preaches a message and it's preaching it, you know, that, you know, you're entitled to all of this and that and the other. You're not entitled to anything. Nobody owes you a living, you know, and yet people think that's, you know, the way it goes. And so uh, they're in for uh, some rude awakenings. As you go down the road of life. But thank God that doesn't have to be you. Because again, you're not a victim. You're a victor. Because of what it is that Jesus did for you. Now let's look at this in Philippians chapter 4. And we made reference to this last Sunday. But notice, let's pick it up. Verse 10. Paul says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? In other words, when, when the delivery boy came with this offering, basically is what the subject is about. He said, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. Notice it goes on to say that now at the last, your care of me has flourished again, wherein you were also careful or or desiring to do so, but you lacked an opportunity. Not that I speak in uh, uh, respect of want. Now listen to this. For I have learned, hallelujah, in whatever state that I'm in, therewith to be Content. You know, there's a difference between being content and being satisfied. You know what I'm saying? And the context of what it is that I'm saying there. In other words, you can be content where you're at, but you got to know, praise God, I'm not going to stay here forever. Are you with me? I'm where I'm at. I'm going I'm to occupy till I come, but I'm moving forward. Amen. So he said, I don't speak in respect of want because I have learned, you know, to be content 
in whatever state it is that I am in. Verse 12, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere, praise God, and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who or which strengthens me. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? I can do all things. Now notice verse 14, notwithstanding, you have done well in that you did communicate or share uh, uh, with me in, now notice again, he uses the word, what's that word? Affliction. 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 So Paul's referring to his deficiency or his lack as an affliction. How many of you know that having lack is not good? When you can't pay your bills, when you can't take care of your stuff, that ain't cool. And thank God Christ has redeemed us from the curse of poverty. Aren't you glad for that? But you know, there's always times when we come up against challenges and, you know, maybe, uh, uh, like I said, deficiencies. But thank God God's fully aware of your deficiency. You know, I just got a, I just got a letter in the mail here not too long ago, and, and uh, they were uh, telling me that I owed all this money that I, had no, I, didn't, I knew nothing about. You know, guess what? Ignorance is not bliss. Huh? And so I've been on the phone on with them a couple different, well, numerous times, you know, trying to get this thing short or straightened out, you know, because, uh, well, it's, it doesn't matter. But let's just say it this way. Mikey was not expecting this bill. Okay? So what am I going to do? Am I all of a sudden going to, you know, flip over and fly upside down and crash and burn? No, praise God. I'm going to believe God. Are you listening to me? I mean, here's the point. Whatever trouble that you're in, God knew about it long before you did. In other words, it isn't a surprise to him. Are you with me? So, you know, praise God, you can just take a position where you can say, Father, you know, I wasn't really planning on this. And he says, I know it, you know, but I need your help. And he says, I know it. And then, you know, praise God, you get yourself in a position and you ask him to move in a way as only he can. And guess what? He will. I said, he will. Are you listening to me? So he said here, I rejoice greatly. You know, when, when, when what it is that you did for me came into it. But he also went on to explain, you know, that no matter what condition I, I find myself in, praise God, whatever it is, I can do all things. I like Paul's spirit. Are you listening to me? And I'll tell you, you know, if, if you're going to move forward in the things of God and the blessing of God and the will of God and the plan that he has for you, you have got to have that kind of an attitude. My wife and I, when we went to school, I tell you, it was hard. You know, I mean, it was just financially, it was difficult. Uh, I mean, just about on every level that you can imagine. And, and, and you know, I did, uh, I did a, a Christmas banquet uh, the years that both my sons were attending Bible school. I said, you know, what, what do you want me to share? And they said, when you talk to the student body, tell them to make sure they show back up again after the holiday. Because a lot of times they'll go home, they never come back. Are you with me? And sometimes when you know you're called, you just got to stay the course. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And I'll tell you what, it was the most difficult nine months of our lives, but it was the very best nine months of my life. 
because I did a whole lot of growing. Are you with me? So even though, you know, you get, and, and the main thing to understand in that is, is that God's on your side. You know, people, they take up the attitude and say, well, God, why are you punishing me? He ain't punishing nobody. He's just getting you from where you are to where it is he wants you to go. But you've got to trust him. Everybody say, I trust him. And you have to believe him. Because praise God, he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ever ask or think according to the power that works within us. Now, here's something else I want you to notice. You'll notice that he took off from Philippi and ended up in another place where he was ministering. And the point I want to bring out to you is, is that just because he didn't have anything, it didn't stop him from doing what it is that he knew in his heart he was to do. Are you with me? People will say, well, if I had enough this and I don't have enough of that, but if I had this and if I had this and I had the other thing, you know, then I'd be able to do this. You know, sometimes you just got to do with what you got. I said, sometimes you got to do with what you got. People, you know, they complain all the time. Well, I want a different car. I want this. I want that. And not, God's not opposed to you having a different car, a better car, or whatever the case might be. But you know, sometimes you got to take care of the car you got until you get that one. In other words, don't get off the horse until you get another horse. You with me? Take care of the one you got. He's not opposed. But, but the cool thing about it is, is that, you know, Paul said, God has called me to preach the gospel, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. Does this mean anything to you guys tonight? I hope that this will help you, you know, because sometimes we come up against the resistance, you know, of, of things that we found or discovered as promises in the Word of God, and, and we're not seeing the change or, you know, whatever it is that, you know, we're, we're dealing with. But I, I got to tell you, praise God, you just got to stand your ground, and you got you to gotta say no to whatever it is that the devil is trying to, you know, keep you from... Uh, enjoying uh, where your life is concerned. Does that make sense to you? Hallelujah. So in other words, when God speaks to your heart about doing this, that, or the other, man, I'm telling you what, glory to God, go for it. You have to have that kind of a spirit in order to make your way in the things of God. Huh? You know, again, you know, a lot of times people, they think, you know, that uh, when they get saved, you know, in the Christian life, now that they've been saved, you know, all their problems are going to disappear. Chances are reasonably good. It's going to get worse. Why? Because you're, you name the name of Jesus. You're, you're living a different way of life. You're choosing a path that honors the king, you know, and so there's opposition, whether it's external or internal, things you got to get worked out in your own life and this and that and the other. But guess what, you guys? It is an incredible reward and a blessing to you and everybody else around you when you stay the course. When you say, by golly, I tell you what, I'm going to do the will of God and I'm going to finish my course. I'm going to keep the faith. I'm going to do what he, I'm not going to cut and run. There are a lot of people cutting and running now, man. Dude, you can't even find them. They're in the weeds. Huh? And they got all different kind of excuses for why it is, you know, whatever. You know, the thing I think about a lot of times, if you're offended, and a lot of times they can't admit that they are, but dude, that's, that's on you. It's not, it's not whoever did whatever it is they did to you. It's on you. You know? That never goes over very big either. But, you know, it's, it's, it's just, you know, Jesus made this statement. He said, 
I've spoken these things to you that in me you might have peace. He said, in the world, you're going to have tribulation, but I want you to be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad for that? And you know what? He did that for you. He didn't overcome the world for himself. He overcome the world for you. So that's why he said, I've spoken these promises, these truths, the will of God to you so that in me you might have peace. In the world, you're going to deal with stuff. But listen, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Isn't that good? You know, in another place, he was talking to his disciples. And, and this is so um, common where believers and Christians are concerned. You know, something doesn't go quite right. And so all of a sudden, we want to just, you know, throw up our hands or quit or give up or whatever. Because we don't understand. Are you listening to me? And so all of a sudden, we become extremely disillusioned by this whole Christian thing. Jesus talked about this. He talked about the different types of soil where the seed of the word is sown. And he talked about in one place where it talks about <clears throat> stony ground where, you know, it takes root and it endures for a season. But then when a- afterwards, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately people end up stumbling and they fall away. You know, they receive it with gladness. I, tell you, I, can't, I can't tell you how many people I've seen do that. But then, you know, they go down the road of little ways, you know, and, and they start getting some pushback and resistance. And, and again, we, we understand things a certain way, but we really don't understand them like we should. Well, so what do you do? Well, you decide, God, I know you know more than I do. I'm not quite understanding what's going on here, but I trust you. It's huge. Why? Because it'll keep you. And people will say, well, how come you do It's like Job, you know. His, his wife comes up to him and says, dude, why don't you just curse God and die? Who needs friends like that? You know? But he wouldn't do it. You know, it's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't know. But thank God, you know, pretty soon God showed up. And what did he do? The Bible says that God turned Job's captivity and gave him back twice as much as he had before. Amen. So there's reward when we, we stay the course and we don't move. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? So everybody say, I'm in that line. Yeah, you, that's where you want to be. You want to be overcoming adversity instead of adversity overcoming you. Hallelujah. But uh, <clears throat> we're all going to face it. It's inevitable that you're going to deal with stuff. I may not deal with the things you deal with. I may have another different, whole different thing I got going on, you know, because of my upbringing or, you know, who knows. But it doesn't really make any difference what the battle is. God said he'd give you the victory. Are you listening to me? So you can certainly rejoice in that and be glad. Hallelujah. Because he wants to put you over in life. And that way you can make a testimony out of the deal. Here's something Jesus said too. He said when he had concluded all of the things that he had said in chapters 5, 6, and 7 in the Gospel of Matthew, it said at the end he said, Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and uh, does them, I will liken him to a wise man that built his house on a rock. So the wise guy is the one who's what? Doing what it is that the Word says. In other words, when I, you know, got saved, you know, I discovered that my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, so I shouldn't be doing things, 
you know, that, that uh, destroy my body, okay? So I got to quit smoking, I got to quit smoking pot, and, you know, whatever else, you know, that people are doing. Well, a lot of folk, they don't, they don't do that. And they keep doing whatever it is that they're doing. And then they, you know, you can't, you can't violate natural law and expect a different result. You got to take care of the temple that God's given to you. Isn't that right? You know? And so that becomes something, you know, that has to be worked out where our lives are concerned so that God can bless us. Are you with me? And so... Um, I lost my train of thought there. But, oh, because when Jesus said, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I'm going to liken that person to a wise man that built his house on a rock. And then he talks about the winds, the rains, and the floods. They beat on the house, but it's still standing. But he then went on to say, whoever hears these sayings and does them not, well, actually it says everyone that hears these sayings of mine and does them not, I'll liken him to a foolish man. Same wind, same rain, same floods. And the Bible says he built his house on the sand. And the sand is, and you know, why don't people do the Bible? Why don't people, you know, do what it is that God said? Well, a lot of times they don't do it because they don't believe it. Okay? You know, the Bible says, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I got to think that if we were to do that, maybe things would go pretty good. Huh? And when it talks to the wise, it says, you know, to show reverence or to um, respect, maybe is a better way to put it. You know, you use the word submit, and half the world will blow up, you know. But the truth of the matter is, is that if you understand the relationship between a husband and wife, and you do what it is that the Bible tells you to do, you can have heaven on earth. That didn't go over so big. I'm trying. But I'm telling you this much about it, man. It's possible. Amen. And it doesn't mean that you don't have to work at it. Sure you do. And, and it doesn't mean that there might not be some bumpy roads. People make, you know, big mistakes sometimes and different things of that nature. But thank God Jesus is the repairer of the breach if you really want to. People say, well, yeah, I, I, I want to. No, you don't. You know, I mean, come on. You know, well, I really want to. Are you willing to do whatever it takes? Are you willing to lay your life down in order to make the thing work? Because that's what it takes, okay? Well, that's a pretty big cost. Yep, it is. But you want the, you want the blessing of God on your life? You want heaven on earth in your life? Then that's what you got to do. You know, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't write the book. You know, I'm just telling you. And, and I'm not suggesting that in some cases that that's not a, that can be very challenging. You got all kinds of temperaments, people's personalities. I mean, dear God, I mean, there's times, man, when I'm thinking to myself, I'm glad I'm not married to that person. Okay? You say, who, who is that person you're talking about? I would never tell you that anyway. You know? Hallelujah. And then you say, well, I am. <laughs> Pray, my brother, pray. You know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, um, because here's the deal, you guys, whether you realize it or not, they ain't none of us perfect. Huh? So we work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. God, fix me. God, make me a blessing. You know, a lot of our praying is, 
kind of selfish, you know, when you think about it. God, why don't you fix them? Man, they're a mess. Blah, 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 blah. Well, anyway. Jesus said, peace. Everybody say peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace give I unto you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That can be a full-time job sometimes. You know, we could probably eliminate a lot of difficulty if we just shut the TV off. Huh? You know, another place he said, let not your heart be troubled because you believe in God, believe also in me. You know, so it's all a matter of you and I choosing to believe that God will take care of us because he will. Huh? Jesus talked about it a lot. He'll take a father's place. He said, you know, if you know how to give good things, good gifts to your children, how much more will your father, which is in heaven, give good things to those that ask him? I'm telling you, God's on your side. He's not against you. The devil is forever preaching. And I don't care if you're a sinner or saint. He is forever preaching that God doesn't love you, that God's not on your side, that if he was, a lot of things would be different and all this and that and the other. And he's preaching this victim's mentality to you. And if you're not careful, you'll suck at it, you know, suck it right up. Say, God, how come you're doing this to me? God's not doing anything to you. Did you know that most people's problems are self-imposed? Huh? That went over big, too. Well, I don't know. My batting average here isn't the best. Maybe we just go home and watch a baseball game and get better. Hallelujah. But I'm just saying to you, you know, that, that a lot of the stuff that goes on in people's lives, it's their stuff. Yeah. The great news is, is that Jesus made it possible for you to overcome. And I tell you what, praise God, when I got saved, I decided I was going to be an overcomer. That I was going to lay down whatever it is that I had to lay down and that I was going to win. I tell you what, I don't know, do any of you want to win? Yes. I know I do. So praise God, I'm going to find out what it is, you know, because the thing about it is he wants you to overcome. And that means he wants you to share in his victory. That which he wrought on the cross at Calvary. But of course, as we all know, we got to do it his way. And hallelujah, he wants to give you victory over all the ad, uh, adversities of life. Hallelujah. You know, um, um, let's look at another verse of Scripture. Got time for that? I think so. Okay. Let's look at this verse together. I want you to turn to Isaiah 41. Okay. I mentioned this to you before while you're turning, but, you know, most of the problems that people experience in their lives, uh, they're self-imposed. And a lot of times they don't always like to hear that, but it's true. I mean, it, take, it took me a lot of years to get a whole lot of things get, you know, cleaned up. And I still got things I need to work on. How about you? You know? And so most of them are just that. You know, we are, we're the ones that create the problems. And now if you're in the blame game, that, you know, right there, man, dude, you need to drive a stake in the ground and say, we're going to have to deal with this here. No more blaming everybody else for my problems. People do it all the time. And you know, what's really, un and I'm, when I say people, I'm talking about Christians. And when they do that, they never, they just corkscrew themselves into the ground. Because all they do is blame everything and everybody else around them for their problem. 
You say, I'm not being very edified. Oh, yeah, you are. It's going to get better. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and uh, <clears throat> because God will help us by telling us what needs to change if we'll listen. Huh? Some of those things are difficult. But here's another thing for you. God is not obligated in any way to do anything for you. Did you know that? Now, he is bound by his word. I understand that. But, you know, it, a lot of times people just say, well, God, how come you're not, you know, this or that or the other? He's, he's not obligated to you. And yet, right on the other hand, he wants to do everything he can for you. But it's the attitude that many people take. Does this make sense to you? You know, toward God. And so nothing's really, you know, there's no movement and sometimes we just need to, you know, get down, surrender, and repent and say, God, <laughs> I need your help. And guess what? He'll show up. Aren't you glad for that? Amen? So, again, you know, he'll help us. Now, Isaiah 41.10, I've been using this verse of Scripture quite a bit, but I'll just say that, you know, when it comes to our troubles and problems, you know, God, he just asks us to look at things from a different perspective, his Okay, So when we say, well, I just can't do this, he'll say, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. That's God's perspective. Okay, When we think, no, I can't, I, I, I can't do this anymore, he says, no, you can do all things through me. I'll strengthen you. Are you with me? So he's asking us to look at life from his perspective. You know, people will go through life and they'll say, well, I'll, I've never had anything. I never will. I can't get ahead. All these things, you know, and, and God will come to you and say, look, I've provided all things for you. I know what things you have need of even before you ask. But if you'll ask me, I'll make sure it comes to pass. Hallelujah. I'll cause you to, to move forward and to advance. But it's our believing him in those moments of our lives. Can you say amen? Praise God. I mean, you know, if you've got to get in your car tonight after church, go out there in the middle of some place and have a conversation with him, then by all means, do it. Hallelujah. Say, God, I haven't quite had this thing right, and I need to repent. And I want to ask you to forgive me because, praise God, I know that you've got better for me than this. Are you listening to me? And I tell you what, he'll meet you in that car or pickup or whatever it is that you find yourself in. And he can change your life in one moment because of just a slight attitude adjustment that takes place within our hearts. Amen. Aren't you glad for that? So notice this scripture as we come to a close tonight. Hallelujah. It says here in 41.10, it says, Fear thou not, this is King James, for I am with you. In other words, don't be afraid. Why? Because I'm with you. Remember when uh, Jesus was talking with his disciples and he said, you know, here in just a few moments, well, he was troubled in spirit on a couple different occasions, one of which when he thought about the fact that Judas was going to betray him, he was going to be betrayed. And he, and he said in just a little bit here, you're all going to be scattered, you know. And Peter, of course, nah, man, we're with you all the way. Well, they bailed, okay. It got hot in the kitchen and they took off. But this is the thing Jesus said. And this is the thing you have to know. And that is, as he said, you're all going to be, uh, uh, you're all going to scatter and I'm going to be alone, but I'm not alone. Did you know, dear friend, you're not alone? You know, in, in whatever uh, uh, 
call it an affliction, whatever trouble you're in, whatever it is that's going on, you're not alone. He's there. You know, he knows your frustrations. He knows the, the challenge, the problems, the, 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 uh, the anger. I mean, he knows all of it. He's fully aware, and yet he's there, and he's waiting for you to call upon him so that he can turn your deal around. He said, fear not, I am with you. Let's go on and read the rest of this verse, and then we'll close. Be not dismayed, or your translation may say discouraged. Why? For I am your God. Any of you ever been discouraged? Any of you been dismayed? Any of you have been disillusioned? You know, it's like, God, I don't understand this. No, we all have. You can't live and breathe and be a child of God and not go through these things. It goes on then to say, he said, don't be dismayed because I am your God. He said then to conclude, I will strengthen you and I will help you and I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. How many of you believe that tonight? I tell you what, he will help you. Get on the right side of the equation. Get on the God side. Like I said, you may not understand. A lot of times, you know, people are frustrated because it's taking so long. Any of you ever been there? God, why? You know, what is going on here? How long does it take? You know, we got all those kinds of questions, you know? Well, I don't know. Don't ask me. I don't know, but I know this. I know that he's faithful. So praise God. Let's just bow our heads right now and let's just uh, spend a moment here and uh, hallelujah. <laughs> Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to thank you, Father God, for speaking to each and every one of our hearts. I know, Father, that some of the things we talked about tonight, Father, are not always, well, the best, but, but they're important. I pray, Father, by your spirit that you'll speak to men and women's hearts right here, right now. God, I, I know you love each and every one of us and you want the best for us. And so I'm asking you, Father God, just to open the eyes of our understanding right now. Let there be a revealing of the truth about our lives. For some, Father, I just know that they just need to continue to stand, having done all to stand, stand. For others, Father God, it may be an adjustment that needs to be made within their heart. God, I pray that you'll speak to their heart just now. Minister to them, Father God. Help them to find a way in this, well, wilderness, if you want to call it, that they find themselves to be in. And I thank you for your grace. Father, I pray for people that are weary and well-doing. They're, they're, they're staying the course. They're fighting the fight, Father, but they're not seeing the result they want. And I pray, Father, that you by your spirit will strengthen them with might by your inner man. That, Father, from their innermost being will come a rejoicing and a peace that passes all understanding because they know that their situation is in your hands. And that, Father God, whatever it is, it's troubling them. That God, even though they don't know how, they know, Father, that you're going to make a difference in their lives and bring about a change. I thank you for doing that tonight, Father. While our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if there are those that are here tonight, and you just say, you know, Pastor, I, 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 
I can see I need to make an adjustment. And this isn't for anyone else to know or anything else. It's just between you and the Lord. But if you're here tonight and you can uh, uh, identify with that, you say by your uplifted hand, Pastor, would you pray for me? I, I, uh, I want to I do some changing. Can I see your hand wherever you might be? We want to pray for you. Praise God. Anyone at all. Thank you, Lord. Bless you. Maybe you're here tonight while heads are bowed and eyes are closed and you've been fighting a good fight and you just need to be strengthened, encouraged in your own spirit to keep on keeping on. If you find yourself in that place, you'd like prayer. Uh, again, we're not going to embarrass you or anything. We're just going to pray with you and for you. Is there anyone here by your uplifted hand? Hallelujah. Thank you, ma'am. Bless you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Anybody else? Yeah, thank you, sir. Praise God. Anybody else? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, there is a work, Father, you desire to do in each and every one of us. God, let our hearts say amen. So be it. Yes to your divine plan. God, help us not to fight against. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come this evening and I thank you so much for my life in you. I thank you for your grace. And I ask you, Father God, to move in my situation. I surrender my all to you, Lord. Reveal unto me that which needs to change and strengthen me, Father, to do it. I thank you, Lord, for your grace in my life. Be it unto me according to your word. And I thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to God. Now, while your heads are still bowed and eyes are closed. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, I want to pray for those that have been standing and that are weary. And Father God, I thank you for bringing about an understanding and an illumination, a revealing, Father, into the true nature of their circumstance. I thank you for bringing it out in bold relief, God, and that it will come as a revelation to their heart and, Father, it'll be so encouraging to them. And I thank you, Father, for breakthrough in their lives. Because, God, you are the God that's more than enough. So, Father, in this season of their life, may they just continue, praise God, to be stalwart and unmovable, continuing to abound in the work that you've called them to. I thank you, Father, for making them the very best wives, the very best husbands, 
the very best parents, the very best moms and dads. I thank you, Lord God, for working in them in a supernatural kind of way that brings honor, it brings glory unto your name. And I just thank you, Father God, for your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. You can all look up. Don't you ever give up.